Yo, 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 where do you think you're going? What do you think you're doing? You better chill out. You better sit down because the Our Success Podcast is about to begin. Welcome, 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 guys. Welcome to another podcast of Our Success. Today, I have one of the most, if not the most prominent real estate agent here with us, Mike Wood. Mike, thank you very much for coming here and thank you very much for making some time for us today. How are you? Thank you, brother. Very good. Very good. Yourself? I am doing incredibly magnificent. I know a lot of people are hurting, and I, I brought you on the show because, I, I mean, when I ask who's the most well-known real estate agent, your name came up a dozen times or at least half a dozen times, and I really thank you for making time for us because we're all very curious about what's going on in the real estate market. I'll tell you, so am I. I'm, I was kind of hoping you would tell me what's going on. Uh, kind of tricked me out a little bit. I can tell you what the media tells me, but I know there's other things going on in the background. I just read on CNBC that the home prices dropped by 18%, or home sales have dropped by 18%. Home sales, April. Yeah, in April, but home prices haven't changed yeah. at all. What do, you, what do you attribute that to? So that article came out, I think it was uh, Thursday morning. <clears throat> and it's funny because it's exactly what I was thinking which was we've got this, uh, let's talk about the basics of economics. So Econ 101 is supply versus demand. Mm -hmm. Now in this case, coronavirus slowed down a lot of our buyers, right? Right. Because we're a a California fed market and California got hit a little harder than we did. So our buyers pulled back. Now, uh, all of a sudden the demand, you know, slows down. Inventory stays about the same. So we had all these people that were just about to list their homes Mm. in the springtime. Uh, in fact, we had gone through a little bit of a dip on the fourth quarter. We were starting to come back in January. February is looking great. And then we get the rug pulled out from underneath us. Right. Now, <clears throat> all of those sellers that were just about to put their homes on the market decided they weren't going to. Mm. So when they pulled the bag, the demand went down, the supply went down, and it kind of kept the rope. You know, if you had a, if you had an A and a B and you're playing tug of war, the rope kind of stayed the same. So the net effect really was, um, I'd say, zero change in price. If anything, it kind of elevated us a little bit Mm -hmm. because those buyers that had to do something, right, there's that sense of urgency. Those buyers were left with only a select few homes that met their criteria. So as soon as another one came up that they really liked, man, they're jumping on them. Like, I'll give you an example. Today's uh, Memorial Day. Mm -hmm. And Monday, we put a house up for $700,000 on Friday afternoon about 6 o'clock in the evening. Uh, full price offer yesterday. So Woo! sold it in two two days, seven hundred thousand. That's so crazy. it's just it's just nuts. Very cool. Very interesting. Now, I so. I want to talk about a few different things. I want to talk about investment side. I want to talk about the first time home buyer side. I want to talk about million dollar plus homes. Um, let's start maybe with the first time home buyers, right? So if somebody's buying a home, I believe average house here in Reno is about four hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, yeah, just under. Okay, so just under that. So first time home buyers, what are you seeing? Is are they is the first time home buyer a little bit more scared? Are they looking for deals now, or what's going on with the first time home buyers? First time home buyers are scared because anytime a pandemic, uh, not that we've ever had one before, but any anytime there's fear, there's uncertainty. So uncertainty causes fear. Fear causes bad decisions. Um, in this case, bad decisions might be just staying out of the market, right? Because mm. when this is all over, that market's going to come back strong, and it's almost like well. You know, you could have bought Boeing at 105, but you can't buy Boeing at 105 anymore. But when it was 105, you were too afraid to buy it. So uh, on the first time home buyer side, anything under like a 375 price point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're still getting the investors that are coming in. They're doing 1031s. 
Um, so they've got to buy homes. So they're competing with those first-time home buyers. The other side of the coin is the first-time home buyers are the ones that are most susceptible to being furloughed, to being laid off, to um, to have a reduction of income, sure. and those things will absolutely kill them on the finance side. So. For sure. If you don't mind me explaining something really quick. So you guys are, if you're listening out there, 1031 Exchange, correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, is an investor that basically has something that they sell. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they have 30 days to transfer that money to another investment. So that way they don't have to pay capital gains taxes on that. Am I correct about that? Right. So so it's it's an incredible, uh, 1031 is the actual IRS code. And this is what rich people use to take money from one asset. So they have a house. And then they sell it, and without paying any taxes on that gain, they go buy another one. But you're right; they do have time frames. So those guys absolutely have to right. purchase the home because if they don't, they got to pay right. money. And the last thing rich people like to do is pay tax. So, yeah, <laughs> well, let's talk about correct. that. What are you seeing in the million dollar plus homes? Because not uh, about a couple of days ago, actually, Brian and I were just uh, biking around and calling ranch. We saw a couple of homes for over four or five million dollars, and it seems like they're still out in the market and everything else. So what are you seeing in the higher end market? So the, the higher end market was the first to pull back. Typically, people that have money make decisions based on future events, mm-hmm. right? So when this this pandemic started out, everybody, including myself, went, oh, here we go. You know, we're going to hit this bump, and now we're going to take a dive. Here's the correction, and the stock market took it. So the stock market was was what we were looking at as kind of like the bobber in the water, right? Mm-hmm. You see the fish is hitting. Yep. So um, we were all surprised that, number one, we didn't get flooded with inventory. Number two, uh, the buyers pulled back. Number three, everything kind of stayed the same. Uh, the over million are still selling, not at the clip. You know, the pace has slowed down a little bit, but they're still going. I just pulled in Klein Village for a client this morning, and there was a there's a 1.375, which was a nice little house mm-hmm. right across the street uh, from Tahoe. So you've got nice views. And then I started pulling all the other ones on Lakeshore. And I mean, you've got $5 million houses that are in contract, right. $4 million houses that right. are in contract. So they're still buying. I will tell you the biggest difference is this, is instead of a 30-day escrow, um, on the millions, they're going for 45 or 60 days, which they really don't need, but it gives the buyer time to kind of play out that uncertainty. Right. And all they will just lose to, is the security deposit. Just to make sure deposit. it's good. Right. No, for sure. And all they will lose is the security deposit if they go over that, right? Yep. Yep. <laughs> we had a guy lose $50,000 on a multi-million and he said, Hey, I'll, I'll lose 50 grand over 250 grand. In a year. Well, I think the, the wealthy look at it like an insurance policy. You know, if I give up yeah. 50 grand and I can save 1.7 million bucks, I mean, I'll do that any day of the week just sure. because it just yeah, makes, it makes a lot sense. of sense. So on the same token, what about REITs, real estate investment trusts, right? Some, some people that I'm in touch with, sometimes they say, Oh, Hey, um, I don't have enough money to buy a house, but I, I heard of this, uh, app called fundrise, for example, and I can buy REITs from it. What do you say to somebody right. like that? So I, I think that if you're in a position, you could do it with stocks too, but obviously I'm, I'm not um, educated enough to speak to stocks, but anytime you can buy a position in an asset that's going to accumulate in value, so it's going to grow, especially at a compound rate, um, even if you, if you don't have a lot of money and you can't purchase a condo or you know a single family, if you can get into the game, I'd say do it. And, and I'm talking long term, just because historically, uh, real estate investment has been the number one wealth accumulation tool 
uh, for people that, that have money. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, going back to those buyers, what do you say to a buyer right now, looking down the pipeline, three months, six months coming up? And I know you don't have a crystal ball, but you've been around <laughs> the block a few times. So I know you've been around the 2008 correction. You've been around the early 2000, say, yeah, 2001.com yeah, boom and bust as well. So having been around the block a few times, what do you say somebody that might be in the, uh, in the position to buy something now? I tell them the same thing that uh, I, I heard Warren Buffett say years and years ago, and that is when everybody is greedy, you be nervous and afraid. And when everybody's nervous and afraid, you'd be greedy. Got you. Very cool. So you would say buy because it's not going to go down. It's going to hold up or it's going to come back. Even, e if, it even if it even if it does go down, history shows that even if you bought in 2007, the absolute worst time in our in my history to buy mm. uh, by 2018, 19, you're back with a return. So especially if you're buying a home that you're going to occupy and you can write off the interest. Mm. Um, there, there's just too many pluses for it. You know, people look at the, well, I bought it at 250 and it went down to 220. So I lost, oh, you didn't lose. You've got, a, <laughs> you've got a fixed rate mortgage that you're paying over time. And right now with rental rates where they are, oh, for I mean, sure. if you can get something that you can write off, if you really look at the true cash impact, um, it's not nearly as, as bad as you think. So just a slight dip. Hell, if the market went down, I'd go buy another one. <laughs> well, and here's right. what, I, yeah, no, totally, for sure, because there's macroeconomics and there's microeconomics, right? On a macro, right. I don't care what happens, because you can always find that one good deal, that one person that might be desperate and so on and so forth, right? And again, to right. your point, it really has to do with your own personal finances. If you're a California.com millionaire, right, and you move here and you realize, oh, I just sold my company, but then I don't have to pay income taxes on the California side and you save money on that, a lot right. of those turbulences can actually work themselves out. And again, it really has to do with your tax strategy. It has to do with who you are and how you manage your finances. Is this your first home? Is this a vacation home? Is this a rental property or is it an Airbnb? Like, so I think every individual can make their own decisions. Right. That. And what's the long-term play, right? What, that's the thing is a lot of people get into it. They go, oh, I'm going to buy a house. Okay. Well, where do you want to be in five years? Where do you want to be in 10 years? Do you want to have a portfolio of homes? Is, is, do you want to be a real estate investor? Uh, investor? Um, a lot of people, and, and my, my, my suggestion would be this, is anybody should sit down and say, hey, in five years, this is where I want to be. Oh. This is what I want to have. This is what it looks like. And then go back and say, okay, so in order for me to hit that five-year, at the end of one year, I need to be here. You're right. So you and I do this. We yeah. sit there and say, this is a goal, and this is how I'm going to get there, rather than simply say, well, I want to buy a house. <laughs> okay, well, right. we all want to buy a house, but... Right. For me, it's always a math uh, a puzzle. You know, it's just like, how do I want right. to play this out? If it's capital gains versus like, okay, you now all of a sudden you have an irrevocable trust. What do you need for that? And so on and so forth. So I think there's a lot of things that are playing into it. And guys, I cannot stress this enough. Obviously, as you can tell, Mike really knows what he's talking about. And those comments that came through, obviously there was a reason for those. So if you don't mind, Mike, I, I will include your contact information down in the description too. So people can get in touch with you. Cause I think there are a lot of people that have a lot of questions. Now, before I let you go, no, if you don't perfect. mind, let's uh, let's flip the, that coin to the other side. What about a seller, okay. somebody who's looking to sell right now? What do you say to somebody like that? I just put my house on the market on Saturday. So Your own house? My own house, yeah. How come? In fact, if anybody wants to buy this house, it's, it's for sale right now. <laughs> we'll put um, a price. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to, um, you know, the, the original 
this this we set up months ago, right? So back in January, we said, well, we'll put the house up in April. Okay, well, we really weren't ready for it in April. That we just this last week got it. We had the carpets changed, things like that. So um, it, it's a it's you got beautiful weather. All the plantings are coming in, uh, and the market hasn't slowed. Honestly, mm-hmm. there are less buyers out in the market right now, but a lot of agents are doing um, the house I talked about that we sold on on Saturday, mm-hmm. right? The one I put up yep. on Friday. The people haven't seen it. They haven't been over here. They're wow. in Silicon Valley, and the agent walked through, did a video tour. We took great pictures. So I would tell a seller that there's, you know, if, if that's what you're going to do, number one, don't liquidate property unless you have to. This is a primary, and we're substituting it for a primary. So gotcha. um, I, I don't want to hold on to a house like this as an investment. So if you're going to sell, the, the market hasn't taken a hit. Um, expectation is is that in a month or two, we're going to have a flood of sellers coming on the market. So there's a chance that because of that increase in supply, there's a little bit of a dip. But then again, interest rates are going to hold at least through the election. Um, and I think 2021 is going to be a gangbuster year for GDP, for job growth because of the, the jobs that have been taken away. So I don't think sellers are going to get hurt either way. An interest rate increase would be the only the only thing that would hurt them uh, because it would limit buying power for the buyers. But I wouldn't expect to see that until quarter one of 2021. For sure. And correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, it seems to me that even if the times get tough, we're going to just have more Californians like myself. We're going to sell their houses in Southern California. Yeah. Or the Bay area and then move here. Right. Because I mean, when uh, we put our house in Calabasas up on the market, actually before we went officially on MLS, I believe we had multiple offers because uh, our, uh, our agent was uh, treating it as a pocket listing because we needed to get ready and everything else. So I think we actually signed everything and everything was good to go within the first 13 hours which is uh which is crazy for me and i would say probably reno is the same exact position too because when you look around if you want to stay close to family because you have family let's say in california then you don't have a whole lot of choices my choices as a business owner was florida texas and then nevada and i don't do really well with alligators frankly so for me and there's just like henderson is don't get me wrong for certain people it's beautiful but for me who as a middle eastern it just reminds me too much home yeah it's really hot calabasas you get 120 degrees totally for sure right all that all that hair you got would poof up (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I know you know the feeling. So coming up here, I think okay. it's beautiful outdoors, beautiful people, amazing, amazing country space. I mean, the, the, the entire community is growing. To me, Reno is like San Francisco in the 70s or L.A. in right. the 50s. And if you can get yeah. in early, I, I can't stress this enough, guys. If you're listening to this, I think the maker and the breaker of this whole thing is your agent, right? And that's one of the reasons why as soon as I got in town, I try to make sure I have a really good relationship with Mike Wood as much as possible. Well, if Mike, if you need any favors for any time of the day, I'm willing to do them for you because I know at some point I'm going to come around to you and I'm, I'm going to need your expertise. And I think whether you're buying or selling, the key to success always is your agent and period. Everybody says location, location, location. I'm thinking agent, 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 frankly. But that's just me. And Mike, thank you again very much for spending some time with us. Any closing thoughts, anything that you think our, our audience needs to hear today? I, I think uh, the thing I'm focusing on right now for this week um, has nothing to do with real estate, has everything to do with mindset. So um, I, I'd say, you know, there's one voice that you listen to all day long, continually, and it's the voice in your head. So the question is, is who's the author of that voice? That's, wow. That's what I like. In the powerful, Sarah. Powerful, powerful. Ah.
I love it, man. Thank you again very much from the bottom of my heart. You spend no, thank you. Sorry, time. I was shaking the whole time. No, like you're I good. Out for a half hour. I know, I know, it's really important time in the market, so <laughs> I get it, brother. Thank you again very much. I know you are a very busy man, and the fact that you take time out of your day just sincerely means the world to me. No, I appreciate you, brother. Good Absolutely. stuff. Take care. Okay. Catch Bye. you soon. Bye. Tribe, if you hear something from us that resonates with you, please share it with other people. Talk about it. Don't keep it just to yourself. Conversation creates more education. And also, always, always, always fact check everything you hear. So hopefully, this creates more education for you, more conversation. Talk to each other. Talk to your family. Talk to your friends about it. And we will see you next time.